this is Jen, and you're listening to Paradox, a Mage the Ascension podcast. These bite-sized episodes are designed to get you up to speed and comfortable with Mage the Ascension rules and concepts. Reread the books so you don't have to, though we do recommend it. Without further ado, welcome to Paradox. Welcome to episode 17, The Essence of the Matter. This episode is going to be about the avatar or the magical soul of a mage. A small warning though, while I will be looking at the mechanic side of the avatar, the rest of it gets rather esoteric. So what is the avatar? Well, the avatar holds a pivotal role as the connection between mages and the mystical forces that empower them. It serves as a conduit, linking mages to the tapestry, the intricate web of reality that they seek to comprehend and manipulate. The avatar is what awakens when an otherwise mundane human becomes a mage, and is what allows the mage to change reality. In the technocratic union, this is referred to as one's genius, or enlightened genius, and is not considered a supernatural aspect, but mechanically they are the same. However, mages also often experience the avatar as a separate personality, which is connected to the mage's soul and which drives the mage towards ascension. It will often speak to the mage, usually as a voice in the head or via dreams. Avatars can take on a humanoid form, though this is not always the case and is highly dependent on the mage's interpretation. Additionally, and we'll get into the metaphysical aspect more in a bit, Avatars reincarnate and will eventually return to another mage's body, whether or not the mage actually believes in reincarnation. This allows for specific concepts in mage, such as the Gilgal, the magical rite where an avatar is separated from the mage and destroyed, and particular backgrounds like past lives or even certain merits or flaws. Mechanically, avatar is a background trait, which means you may have to spend starting points or freebies on it. But while it does have an effect on your ability to use magic effectively, you are not required to spend your points on the background. A mage is still a mage with a zero-point avatar. They are just not able to hold or use quintessence to aid their magic. And they may have a harder time doing other things. Remember that quint is the energy that fuels all of creation. Mages can harness and use it in their magical workings, particularly with the use of the prime sphere. Your avatar rating dictates how much quintessence your mage starts with, as well as how many points they can absorb or spend in a round, and what they are able to store in their personal pattern for long periods of time. A mage is able to hold on to more quintessence than their avatar rating for short periods of time, usually until the mage uses them, they are overtaken by paradox on the paradox quintessence wheel, or the storyteller decides they've in effect bled off. Though, there's no exact rule for that outcome, like there is for shedding paradox, However, a particular story may allow for extenuating circumstances. I would recommend, though, that if you, as a storyteller, make the call that PCs will have their quintessence reduced to their avatar ratings, that you also give the PCs a chance to either use the excess in a constructive way or give them another small boon in exchange for taking away their hard-earned quintessence. There are also a few related merits and flaws that apply directly to the kind of avatar one has, including Storm Warden, also known as Quantum Voyager to Technocrats, which is a 3 or 5 point merit that means you do not take damage from the Avatar Storm. At 3 points, you yourself are safe, and at 5 points, you are able to keep others safe, should you wish to. Obviously, this merit doesn't apply if the Avatar Storm did not happen in your Chronicle, or it may be less useful if the Avatar Storm did happen but has since died down. Circumspect Avatar is a two-point merit that means you've never seen your Avatar, and probably doubt that such a thing exists. 
Or conversely, manifest avatar is a three-point merit, which means that your avatar is an actual real presence in your life. If you just take the merit, then only your character can see your avatar. But if you also take the ally's background and relate it to the merit, then your avatar becomes a character that everyone can see, hear, and feel. In both cases, the avatar may come and go as it pleases, bound only by the physical laws with which it chooses to be bound. The physical avatar shell can be injured or killed, but that in itself does not kill the avatar, merely its body. Twin Souls is a four-point merit where your avatar has a twin that has been embodied within another mortal body, typically a human being, but potentially an animal. This merit can provide many benefits if your character finds their twin soul, but there can also be drawbacks, such as if one of the twins dies. Shattered Avatar is a five-point merit that means your avatar has been broken into pieces by some past life trauma. As a result, the part within you is incomplete, but that situation can be rectified. If and when you locate the missing pieces of your avatar, you could make that inner spirit stronger. In GameSpeak, this merit allows you to increase your avatar background after character creation, a thing that cannot ordinarily be done. Avatar Companion is a seven-point merit where your mage shares a bit of their avatar with a companion who follows them through incarnations. As for flaws, Demented Eidolon is a three-point flaw that is generally for either technocratic operatives or other technomancers who refuse to view what they do as magic. Eidolon is the technocratic word for essence, which is something we'll go over later, but the general gist is that your character's avatar is hell-bent on reclaiming the identity of mage, no matter what your character personally believes. And finally, Taint of Corruption is a seven-point flaw where your spirit has been corrupted. This doesn't necessarily mean you behave in an evil manner. You can choose to resist the evil inside you. On a metaphysical level, however, you bear an innate corruption which tests the ideal of enlightened self-determination. You may, perhaps, defeat it, but it'll be a hard struggle before you do. Now, to talk a bit about how the Avatar fits into the grand metaplot that ties in through all of the World of Darkness game lines. As has been said many times, if you're not a fan of the metaplot or even just certain aspects, or if you don't want to use it, that's entirely up to you, as they are all valid ways to play or run the game. The two biggest Avatar-related parts of the metaplot are both related to the idea of reincarnation and how the Avatar is separate from the actual mage. Of course, first is the Avatar Storm. This was one of many controversial aspects introduced as Mage went from its second edition to its revised edition during a period known in the metaplot as the Reckoning. There are plans for an episode going over more of the metaplot and why there was such a controversy over the decisions, but for our purposes here, I simply want to describe the Avatar Storm, what it is and what it means to a game that plans on using it. I've mentioned the Avatar Storm a couple of times now, specifically as it relates to the Gauntlet, but what exactly is it? The Avatar Storm is a huge influx of spirit energy which comes together within the Gauntlet, yet its impact extends across the Umbra and is occasionally perceptible through various senses. Within the Technocratic Union, it is labeled the Dimensional Anomaly. Emerging at the conclusion of the Week of Nightmares in 1999, the Avatar Storm left chaos and desolation in its aftermath. Simultaneously, the Gauntlet thickened, seemingly infused with jagged fragments of Avatars. The causal relationship between these events remains uncertain, raising questions about whether one triggered the other or if they were interconnected. The tempestuous winds of the Avatar Storm are drawn towards both Paradox and a Mage's will. The consequences of being caught defenseless in the path of the storm can be severe, with potential effects surpassing even death. In short, the Avatar Storm is thought to be a literal storm of avatars, jagged pieces of magical souls that are attracted to vulgar displays of magic and rip and tear through mages who are either unlucky enough to be in the area when the storm descends on another hapless mage, foolish enough to flaunt their magic in such a fashion that paradox gives them adequate consequences, 
or mages who simply wish to step sideways into the penumbra across the gauntlet. This storm can do a lot of damage, up to and including severing an avatar from its mage, and M20 has several optional rules for using the avatar storm, including ways to protect against it. The other major way the avatar is linked to the meta plot is to do with the Nafandi and the so-called Winterslaint. We've only discussed the Nafandi in brief before, but to recap, the Nafandi or the Fallen are generally seen as irredeemably evil, regardless of why they have chosen whatever path they have chosen. Their main desire is the complete obliteration of reality, and although they all strive for the death of the universe, how they go about it varies greatly. Nafandi can be created as the Barabi from regular mages through the Call, which is a gateway that can appear in different ways, but is usually similar to a gaping maw. Entering a Call ends in one of two ways, death or an inverted avatar. Nafandi can also simply be born with inverted avatars from a previous life. These are called Witterslaint and are usually the result of a Barabi being killed, allowing for their avatar to re-enter the cycle and get born again. While the Barabi are the traitors of the Ascension War, since they willingly corrupt their soul in order to kill the world, the Witterslaint are a living argument against free will, as they will generally do horrific things regardless of whether or not they also choose to go through the call. And how are the Nafandi linked to the metaplot? Well, in concept, they can just be the antagonist, the bad guy. But they are also a major faction in the Ascension War, which is the driving conflict of the metaplot. And when you can have powerful Nafandi die and reincarnate their avatar in someone else, whether or not that person remembers a past Nafandic life, or even if they awaken, they're still continuing to push that avatar's goals and cause chaos, destruction, and death in the process. Okay, so we've been talking a lot about the concept of reincarnation, which is an important metaphysical aspect of the Avatar, but there are a few additional esoteric or abstract facets that I also want to look at. As with many things in this podcast, it's likely that we'll come back to the concept of the Avatar time and time again as, hopefully, we build up knowledge of Mage. So one semi-mechanical aspect that I only mentioned briefly earlier is the idea of Essence. This is included in the information at the top of the character sheet, alongside Nature and Demeanor and is, in simple but metaphorical terms, the flavor of your mage's avatar. Your avatar's essence reflects its personality and can, by extension, influence your mage by guiding their goals, habits, and how they approach life itself. There are four options that directly link to an overarching concept called the metaphysic trinity, which is the conceptualization of the cycle of forces in the Tellurian. There is the creative and generative force of dynamism, the preserving force of stasis, and the destructive and purifying force of entropy. The balance of these three keeps the world itself in balance. For the avatar, though, these three aspects are also present. The dynamic essence represents, of course, dynamism. Stasis is represented by the pattern essence. And entropy is represented by the primordial essence. The dynamic essence embodies change itself and often manifests as a mercurial temperament with passionate emotions as well as a restless drive. Occasionally, but not always, mages with this essence prefer daring and exciting experiences and will indulge their curiosity with limited impulse control. The pattern essence is the exact opposite of the dynamic essence. Known more for stability, order, deliberate intent, and patience than more animated facets, it often manifests as a calm temperament, sound logic, and stable emotions. The primordial essence is the essence of chaos and is, even to those who embody it, an enigma. A primordial mage loves mystery, hidden places, and secrets, and this essence reflects the depthless reaches of cosmic potential. But didn't I say there were four options for essence? Yes, I did. The fourth is questing. It's thought to be a combination of the other three aspects. So the questing essence is primarily the purview of vagabonds, errants, and pioneers, at least at heart. 
This essence epitomizes balance in the Trinity and avoids extremes. It often manifests as yearning or wanderlust, a constant trailblazer searching for the next adventure. An avatar's essence is also inextricably linked to the ideas of resonance and, in M20, synergy. Where essence is the flavor of your avatar, resonance and synergy are the flavors of your magic or your mage's effect upon the world. They are also optional rules you can incorporate into your game. Resonance has gone through a few iterations in Mage, but in M20 it has been defined as the energetic residue from a mage's effects upon reality and generally comes from inside the mage and echoes the mage's actions, choices, and behaviors, whereas synergy comes from that mage's connection to external forces. In game terms, Resonance takes a one-word description, the signature, measures it between one and five dots, the degree, affects the story in its manifestations, and follows one of four categories, the flavors, that reflect the type of energy involved. All of this together flavors that mage's effects and quintessence, colors or shapes their aura, influences the sorts of abilities and backgrounds they have, and inspires the types of seekings, quiets, and paradox backlashes they endure. Synergy, in game terms, is basically what Resonance was in Mage Revised, which is more what I'm used to. It's linked once again to the metaphysic trinity, and you can have dynamic, entropic, or static synergy. Your mage can gain additional traits based on how their magic affects the world, or due to botches, or specific paradox backlashes, or even seekings. Generally speaking, you choose one-word descriptions to suit those forces and the ways in which they manifest. Words like wild, fast, chaotic, uncontrollable, etc. work for dynamic synergy. Corrupting, corrosive, poisonous, or subversive work for entropic. Protective, nurturing, restorative, etc. work for stasis. Mechanically, these traits can affect your magic, either in complementary or contradictory ways, or they can simply be for flavor. There is more information in the Book of Secrets if you would like to know more. Finally, what is the Avatar's goal in all of this? Well, regardless of whether you have a zero-point avatar or a five-point avatar, the goal is the same. Ascension. Though some avatars are just louder about it than others. Ascension is a complicated topic because while it's the literal name of the game, the concept itself is structured by belief, and the moment you throw human belief into a goal, you'll have 18 different ways of achieving that goal. There is the belief that mages achieve ascension by reaching Arite 10 or by maxing out their spheres, but those aren't precisely what ascension is about. Ascension is about transcending the need for power, not about gaining power. So while a mage may reach Arite 10, the examples I've given of the abilities of spheres at level 7, 8, and 9 all show this moving beyond the sphere itself and into a more abstract line of thinking. Not only that, but one thing I haven't talked a lot about yet is how one gains more Arite. One method is, of course, simply spending experience to gain more Arite. That is a valid way to run a game, especially if you don't fully understand the esoteric aspect. However, this is the Avatar episode, so I'm all about the esoteric here. The main in-character method for gaining more Arite is going on a Seeking. If you listen to my bonus episode 4.5, that is an example of a Seeking, though seen through the eyes of a technocrat. Granted, a technocrat in very weird life circumstances, which made it a little more out there than uh, some technocratic seekings, but a seeking nonetheless. A major seeking can get pretty obscure depending on what they're working towards. The main key here is that the avatar is the one pushing the seeking. They're the ones guiding the mage towards ascension, and they're the one who knows what a mage needs to work on in order to attain that lofty goal. And seekings get more difficult and, more than likely, way more esoteric the higher the mage climbs on the Arite ladder. This means that it's likely your mage could fail a seeking, 
which isn't inherently a bad thing. It just means there are more things for your mage to work on in order to progress further towards ascension. I'm going to leave it there for today, though there is likely more information to come, especially next time as I talk in depth about the metaphysic trinity and what that means for mage. You've been listening to Paradox, a Mage the Ascension podcast, and you can find us wherever you can find podcasts. If actual plays are up your alley, check out Dorktales on twitch.tv slash dorktales or youtube.com slash dorktales. Find us on the Dorktales Discord server or check out our website at dorktales.ca. We are currently streaming a Mage the Victorian era game on Saturdays. Our Patreon subscribers have early access to the Technocracy Zero Sum game, which is also starting to roll out on YouTube for the general public. And we have several Mage one-shots and a short-run chronicle called Breaking Tradition on YouTube. Additionally, we are starting to roll out our Mage the Victorian era game in podcast form over on the Dorktales Podbean channel, also found wherever you can find podcasts. Finally, as always, there's also all of our other amazing content. Thanks for listening, and remember to always keep your magic coincidental, unless it's Fireball.